know, now that, uh, that we have examined uh, the relationship between husband and wife, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the relationship between parents and children, right, for the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, you know, many of us fall into this uh, category of sandwich generation, right? Meaning we are at that age where we need to be mindful of taking care of our own aging parents and also our own kids, right? We are right, kind of just sandwiched between the two. We have to take care of the kids and kind of we got to start thinking about our parents. You know, some of our parents have already retired or are approaching retirement real fast. And to many immigrant parents, the concept of retirement savings is foreign. They don't really, they don't, have that idea of, you know, just saving up for retirement, retirement, right? They basically gave their all uh, for the sake of their children. And so for many of our parents, we are, the, we are their retirement savings, right? They kind of lean on us. You know, so there's a, uh, you know, some nonprofit that I am working, uh, working for. And um, I come across many uh, of the Asian uh, immigrant parents who really need some care in terms of like healthcare, uh, immigration services, and things like that. And I mean, there are things that I really do not like about the work, but that aspect of it I really like because like materially, like helping uh, the senior citizens and the elderly uh, for their uh, immediate needs. And so, uh, you know, as we come to this uh, topic uh, on honoring parents. You know, one thing that we have to realize is that, you know, while some of us are parents, because not every one of us is, uh, here is parent, some of us are single, or some of us are married, but without kids, but all of us are children. And uh, when we look at uh, this portion of this, uh, uh, this verse here, it's part of the Ten Commandments. And as we know, the Ten Commandments are comprised of two parts, the vertical relationship, the relationship with God, and the horizontal relationship between our relationship with one another. Um, and you know, the, what's the, the greatest commandment? It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind and soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? So once again, the two greatest commandment is, is to love God, uh, the vertical relationship, and loving one another, the horizontal relationship. And of the commandments concerning the horizontal relationship, the first, is this command, so it shows its importance and found, uh, how it's foundational to our understanding of loving each other, one another, loving our neighbor. Right? The first of it, because the first commandment of uh, the Ten Commandments, you know, uh, to, to, uh, to worship the Lord your God, that's the most foundational in the relationship between uh, in, in our vertical relationship understanding. So in terms of the horizontal relationship, this first verse, a first commandment, honor your father and mother, right? That is foundational to our understanding of the, 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 the great commandment. What it is to have someone in authority over us. What it means to listen to someone when we don't feel like it. All of those things are all you know, packed and into this understanding 
of this first commandment in of the, the vertical relationship, I, I mean, horizontal relationship. It's very important. In, in a very, like, uh, twisted way, actually, the totalitarian regime, they understood the importance of parent-child relationship uh, dynamics. So what they did is they separated the kids, right, from their parents so that their, these young kids, their loyalty, their allegiance would lie with the state rather than with their parents. They understood that even the godless, you know, this communist people, they understood the importance of parent-child relationship. So they would just step in. Uh-uh, we, we are not going to let uh, this parent-child relationship to deepen. No, we're going to take, take over. The state will take over so that make sure that the kids growing up, that their loyalty will be with the state. Like in North Korea, they do that all the time. They even have this, like, um, they used to have uh, these uh, places, public places, where the kids would come and be raised by the state. Society, culture, and civilization cannot thrive without social order, trust, and respect. And all these values are to be taught, really, in the family, first and foremost. Not really the schools, starting, very from, starting from family. All these important values are to be taught in the family. And obviously, the parents play a crucial role in all of this. Other than honoring God, there is no greater honoring that we are commanded to do than honoring our parents. And it is evident throughout, not only just in, uh, in this verse, but in other places in the, uh, throughout the Bible, talks about this. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 18, verses 21, it says this. If a man... If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, this, our son, is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. And all Israel shall hear and fear. Whew, it's a very heavy... Um, Serious, somber, like a command, a command that is given in Deuteronomy. That a rebellious, a stubborn son or daughter shall be stoned to death. The Bible allows for capital punishment, punishment for the, the children who are not obedient to their parents. And th when you think about in the background of this command, then when you think about 
the, parad- uh, the, uh, the, the parable of prodigal son. You see how the, the parable of the prodigal son, which is so familiar to us, that we don't really understand the force of Jesus' parables, that it is so incredible in light of the Jewish understanding of honoring parents. Because all the Jewish people knew of Deuteronomy chapter 21. Son here dishonors his father in every possible way in the the parable. Basically, he was saying, Father, right, you are as good as dead to me. Oops. Um, So you are as good as, uh, you know, dead to me. So basically, give me my share of the inheritance that I would have gotten when you pass away. I I want it now because I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore, right? You talk about dishonoring, right? And the father, right? And he moves away and he squanders everything that he has and he comes back empty-handed. And the father, the incredible part of all this parable is that the father, instead of taking this, oh, you are back. All right, I've been waiting for you. Grab him by the neck and then drag him to, the, to the, the gate of the city in front of everybody. And this is what this boy has done to me. Instead of doing that, he runs to his son and he embraces him. He kisses him. This son of mine who is lost is found again. It's an incredible thing. It's just that for us, it really just because we are so familiar with that parable, it really doesn't really strike us or hit us like uh, how we would have hit the, uh, the original audience, knowing the kind of command that is given in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 21, verse 17, whoever curses, it's not, I don't think it's, it's up there, but whoever curses or dishonors his father or his mother shall be put to death. Wow. Even just cursing your father or mother, you are to, you are to be put to death. That's how serious it was for God in terms of this parent-child relationship. You know, parents play a crucial role in shaping their children's temperament and their worldview. They play an important role. How they raise their children do make a lasting impact on children. Maybe how they relate to other people, depending on how they were, uh, how they were raised. I, I'm, I'm the oldest, and so like growing up, you know, my parents just drilled it in me to take care of my younger siblings. So just my sense of duty, responsibility, it's been just drilled in me growing up. Hey, you are the oldest. I didn't do it. I didn't make up this mess, but you are, you are the oldest. You go and clean it up. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, why? But it just, just been drilled in me. So I just, I think I still have that in me to be responsible. All of that is really because it's been impacted. Because you know, when I look at my youngest uh, brother, he's a carefree guy, right? Because he can make a mess, but he knows that in the end that I'm going to clean up, you know, after his mess. So he's definitely more carefree. That's how he was raised, because he was the youngest. So my parents weren't as strict with him. It's like, oh, they would just, you know, cut him some break here and there. So I was like, 
you know, man, how come he gets away with things that I cannot get away with, right? All of this. So it does make a difference in how we raise our children. Now here, the command is to honor your parents. It does not command us to trust our parents because sometimes they may not be trustworthy. They are not infallible. They are, uh, you know, they are not perfect people. So at times they may not be, uh, they, they may not be able to be trusted. Or it doesn't say be controlled by our parents. Because sometimes it is possible, it is conceivable for the parents to hold on to this uh, command as a way to maybe, you know, steer you or kind of, uh, you know, to, to, to control you in certain ways. Does this verse does not say any of this but to honor your parents. At all times, under any circumstances, we are to honor our parents. I just have a couple points and then, then obviously, what does it mean? The first point, what does it mean to honor parents? Our understanding of, the, of this command hinges on this one word, honor. What does it mean? To honor our parents. You know, dictionary says, I mean, they have many other, um, you know, definitions. But one that's closest to it would be to hold someone or something, but in, in our context, holding someone in high regard or hold them in a, with a high esteem. Now, you know, uh, you guys know that uh, movie, uh, I've seen the, the animation, but uh, I think there was a real, uh, the, you know, movie, the Mulan. You guys, you guys ever seen that? Whether it's the animation or the, uh, the one uh, like a couple years ago that came out. It's a story of China's legendary female warrior who masquerades herself as man, right, in place of her alien father to keep honor for her family because... You know, she does that because her aging father was the only male uh, in, in, the in, in, in the house when there was this imperial decree that went out that one man from each house must serve in the army to defend the country against the invading northern, uh, northern, tri northern invaders. So even in that movie, I only saw the animation, so I don't know how different it is for the, uh, for the, 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 the latest movie that, that came out. But it is, once again, in the, in the backdrop of the honor-shame culture, right? In that culture, honor-shame culture, the honor is really, you know, means like maintaining respectability and honor in your village, right? And it's paramount because you don't want to lose your, uh, you know, you don't want to lose honor. Avoiding shame is important to advancing and preserving honor. You know, many uh, Asian countries have this saving face culture. They get so ashamed, right, if they are found guilty of certain things. If they are, if they are um, somehow become infamous, well-known for not such great things, and people know about it, it's, it brings great shame to their family, right? 
So for many Asian countries, the saving face culture is very strong, like retaining respect and also avoid humiliation. Don't be ashamed. Don't get into a situation that where you will be ashamed. Filial piety and Confucianism was a, a, a crucial teaching. Um, and that's been really deeply embedded in, in the Asian culture, right? Uh, in Korean, it's Hyo. I mean, man, he's got a great name, right? Hyo or Hyodo, right? That's what it means, filial piety. And... Um, you know, there's been a confluence of, I mean, I'm using these big words, but, um, you know, as I was just meditating on this, this is something that I came up with. You know, so there's been a confluence of the virtue, right, the, the filial piety and the command to honor your parents, especially among, like, Asian Christians. And because, because they were so closely interlocked together, to many people, many Christ, Asian Christians, right, they, they, Basically, it's basically the same thing. They're teaching the same thing. Filial piety, honoring your parents, obeying them. And the biblical command to honor our fathers and mothers, right? But, so we come to think of it as basically the same thing. But biblical, biblical understanding of honor is a little different. It's more nuanced, right? John Calvin he says, honor requires reverence, obedience, and gratitude. John Calvin said, honor requires reverence, obedience, and gratitude. Reverence, not because the parents are deserving of it all the time, right? Because at times, they may say, do certain things that we are like, huh? What? What are you doing? Or what are you saying? Not because we don't reverence them because they are so deserving of it, but because of the position of authority that God has given to them. Now, say, um, you know, Joe, um, I can't call Joe's dad Tony. His name is Tony. And I can call him Tony, right? He's a great guy. I love him. I respect him a lot as a, as a missionary. But Joe himself would not and should not call him by his first name because, after all, Tony is his dad. So you, uh, he, he, he should call him dad, right? But he should not really call him Tony. You wouldn't, right? Yeah, you, you, you would not do that, right? It's because it's the, there's the reverence factor. I can, I can call him. I can call him Tony by his first name, but he shouldn't. And only he can call him dad in this world, too. I'm, I'm sorry, with your brothers. But you know what I'm saying. Right? The word honor in Hebrew also means glory and weight. To be a parent is a serious, weighty thing. Willed by God. It is God's purpose for us to have parents. So we show respect and reverence by the authority that God has given to our parents, not because they are so absolutely 100% deserving of it. We show respect and reverence because they have brought us into this world 
and they have taken responsibility of raising us when we weren't capable, when we were really young. We weren't able to sustain ourselves. Parents had to really make all the sacrifices to raise and just sustain us. And we obey them as a way to honor them. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 1 through 3, do we have it? Yeah. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Actually, we're going to come back to this a little bit. Uh, we're going to come back to it, I promise. Talk about this a little more. And also, so uh, the reverence, ob uh, obedience, and also uh, gratitude. And honoring requires showing gratitude instead of taking, taking it for granted. Right? For parents, they take their children, say, hey, I want to uh, I, I wanna go to Disney World. So you just like, you know, <laughs> just break your budget just to just make a trip. And you just drive, you know, 12 hours. Is it, does it take 12 hours? Something. You drive down. And then the kids, you get there and they start complaining. Or like, they're like, well, that's what you should have done anyway. You're my, you're my parent. And so what's for dinner? Uh, and just like, hey, I don't like this. I don't like that, right? That's not the way to really honor our parents, but to express, express gratitude for what they have done and what they are doing. The late Tim Keller says that the honor, honoring has to do with moral choice, not feeling. It is a moral choice that you make. Last week, um, I was talking with uh, Phil, Phil and Olivia. You know, they were visiting us. And I didn't know, but uh, last month, you know, his father passed away. He was, uh, he was, uh, he was, you know, he was suffered from like an aggress aggressive form of dementia. And, um, you know, he, he was just like, as we were talking, uh, we talked for, I, actually, I met up uh, with him uh, for dinner too. The whole time, over an hour, we're talking about his dad. And he was talking about his legacy. So I didn't say a word because he was just kind of, I, I thought that I believed that he was really honoring his father. Right? And the decisions that he has made along the way to take care of his father when he was in need, along with his brother, his family. It's not about a feeling. They were going through so much with uh, the Olivia's pregnancy and all these things, her mom and everything. And yet they were making hard decisions to care for his father. Honoring is more than writing an ear-tingling, tear-inducing, sentimental Mother's Day or Father's Day card. It's more than that. It's more than just kind of expressing the feelings, but making moral choices. Honoring, he goes on to say, honoring is deciding to treat parents with dignity and courtesy and deciding to provide a long-term loyalty to their best interest. It is to treat parents with dignity and courtesy and deciding to provide a long-term loyalty to their best interest. So this means that you may not adore your parents or even listen to them while still honoring them. You understand? that it is possible, while you may not adore 
or may, maybe you may not listen to their parents, but it is possible to honor our parents. On the flip side, you may listen to your parents, but say if you do it in a spiteful way, in a grumbling way, that you may listen to your parents, but you are not really honoring them by the way that the content you are showing to your parents. Say you are asked to do a task by your parents. And you say, you just roll your eyes, oh my gosh. Man, why, do, why does my mom or why does my dad have to do, ask me to do this all the time? Why can't they just do it on their own? Or like, and so you are just like, you do it. So in a way, you listen to your parents. But if you are doing it in a, such a grumbling and spiteful way, does that really honor your parents? No. Because you are not treating them with dignity and courtesy. So that's, that's what it means to really just honor. Really, it involves reverence and obedience and gratitude. And also, you know, having that moral choice. You make the conscious choice to treat them with courtesy, with dignity. And you are, uh, you are committed to provide this long-term loyalty right, to your parents, to their best interests, what is really best for them. And the second point that I want to bring out to you is this, the last point is, now, the important question is, are there limits to honoring parents? Is it absolute command? Honor your parents. Is it an absolute command? And this is where I believe filial piety and biblical honor diverge. Filial piety requires virtually unconditional right, obedience. Whereas honor, honoring our parents, does not. According to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, what we see uh, is, um, yeah, the verse, the Ephesians chapter that we read is, obey, obey your uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord. So the obeying is actually a practical application of the, the general principle that is honor. That's what it says, right? Obey your parents in the Lord is an application of the, the general or overarching principle that is honor your parents. Right? Obeying flows out of honor, honoring, not the other way around, right? Honor does not come from obedience. Do you understand? Obeying flows out of our on the, the, the general principle that is to honor our parents. As I said, didn't I just obey my parents? So that's not, honor, uh, am I, didn't I honor, God, honor God? No, not necessarily. As I said, when you are not really, uh, you can listen and obey your parents without truly honoring your parents. Say if your parents want you to be part of an ancestral worship that is part of the, the fam family traditional cult culture, do you listen to your parents? What do you do? If your parents are asking you to be part of the family's ancestral worship, and actually if you treat them on one hand 
It's like if, uh, when, if you treat them with contempt, right? You don't know Bible, Dad. You don't know your, Bi- uh, you don't know your God, right? And you kind of just treat them with, you know, in a contemptuous way, that you are not honoring your parents. Even though your, re- or your reasoning may be more uh, consistent, but you are not honoring your parents because you treat them like they're, they're below you. Or if you say, well, I got to be a good, obedient child, right? Feel your piety. So I'll just go along and be part of this worship. What, what, what it is that in the end? Doesn't matter. I'm just going to be a good son. That is not honoring either, right? Because you broke the first commandment by worshiping your ancestors. So there may be times when not listening to your parents is indeed honoring them. Because what they are asking you to do is it can be unbiblical, right? They may ask you to do things that they do not have authority over to ask. As Genesis chapter uh, 2.24 mandates, man to leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. So you are to, once you get married, right, you are to leave, not only physically, but uh, emotionally. You are your own man. And now your first priority is to your spouse. Right? And you know, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, children here refers to young and non-adult children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. We're talking about the non-adults, teenagers or young, younger folks. It's not really uh, saying to all these like, older folks. If your parents are telling you to raise your own children in a certain way that is not clearly commanded in the, in the Bible, that you are not obligated to, uh, to, to listen to them. Say, like, you, you want to really just uh, control their sugar intake, right? So you are kind of like, you have a policy about your little kids growing up. And just like, you want to just, you know, cut down on, so for their well-being, that you, you want to be careful with, like, what you feed. But then your parents come along, oh, you know, give them a break. You know, and they're bringing tons of, like, you know, uh, you know uh, sugar-rich you know, candies and all these things. And they really, like, kind of just, you know, you have a boundary about how they are to behave. But then your, your parents come, come along and say, oh, don't be so, like, you know, strict. And they kind of break all the, the things. Then, you know, because it's not a clear thing, you don't have to, like, listen to them. Okay, yeah, you can just feed them all the candy you want. Right? You're not obligated to, to listen to them. The parental authority is not absolute. Unless you are clear on this distinction, your conscience will kill you. Your guilty conscience will crush you. Because you're like, oh, man, honor our parents. It means, like, I have to, like, listen to everything that they have to, uh, they, 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 they say, right? I think many um, Asians or Christians, even Korean Christians, would have an issue with what I am saying here. Right? What? Don't listen to your parents. But it is true. Now, having said that, however, 
it is no excuse, no excuse for a lack of respect for them or elders in general. Aha, Pastor Woodson said this. He said, you don't have to listen to your parents. Aha, I'm going to listen to him and then just like go up to your parents and say, I'm not listening to you. Why should I? Pastor Woodson said that you don't ha- I don't have to. Got you there. Right? That's not what I'm saying, right? Listen, even Jesus obeyed Mary and Joseph growing up. In his youth, God himself, the second person of the Godhead, the perfect God, obeyed his earthly imperfect parents. Some of us may say, well, I know the Bible better than my parents. Their faith, the way I look at it, their their faith is suspect. I don't know if they really know God or they're really serious about, you know, uh, uh, the gospel. I don't know if they really just live out their faith. I don't know. Congratulations, you are closer to God. But Luke chapter 2, verse 51. Do we have the verse? Yeah. And he went, Jesus went down with them, the parents, and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Jesus was submissive to his earthly parents. Was Mary and Joseph so perfect? Absolutely not. I'm sure they've had their moments where they were blowing up and just kind of doing things that were just not right. But overall, he was submissive to his parents. If our Lord was submissive, shouldn't we be? You know, our culture glorifies youth and has this dismissive attitude towards the older generation. When you are old, you take a back seat. People, the companies, they, and the culture tells us, says, we love young people, right? They are the future. They are the target audience. I mean, you know, like, you know that uh, the story Forever 21, right? I mean, boy, he <laughs> just talk about a brazen, like, you know, it's like, hey, we are out to get the young people, right? Forever 21, my goodness. It's, it, that's the culture, though, that we are in. The company's marketing strategy is to know and embrace the youth culture. What they like, what they wear, what they listen to, what their trend is. They try to analyze and try to just figure, you know, just, uh, just you know, comb through the, the social media and all these things to figure out the young people catering, catering to their needs and what they want. The culture says the young people, youth, is valuable to our society because they are the future of this society. Old folks, well, they had their time in the sun. And now it's time for them to ride into the sunset. Right? Let them just ride it out, go their way, do their own thing. It's really not our main focus. That's how the culture that we live in. But the scripture tells us to honor our parents the old people. You know, one thing I appreciate about SPCKM is actually their ministry to the senior citizens. 
they go pick them up from nursing homes. You know, they have like the church buses, vans, and they just like go and pick them up on Sunday mornings. Or sometimes even like early mornings, right, for their early morning prayer meetings. They would go and pick them up and bring them here, provide meals, or uh, take them for a day to uh, it's like a nearby like day trip kind of things. And all these things. And I really respect them for not neglecting the older generation. If you think about it, if you think about cost-benefit analysis, it really doesn't make much sense, right? Because these senior citizens, it's not like they have an income. They're not, they not working anymore, right? So if anything, it's like they're spending a lot of money on them. But I don't know the exact reasoning behind it, but I believe one of them is to honor them the people that have gone before their generation, right, to honor them. And I appreciate about them. Paul says here that it is the first commandment with a promise. Your days may be long. Yeah. It may go well with you. Uh, Paul kind of paraphrased it a little bit. It may go well with you, and that your days will be long, right? He's not simply, and, 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 or here in, in uh, Exodus, it's not simply talking about the length. Oh, that, so if you honor your parents, you're going to live up to 100 years. Every one of you. That's not what it's saying. But what it's saying is that the quality of your life, and, and it's talking about the abundance of your life. Right? Because it is God's design. God has commanded. This is how God has willed. And that we have parents we are to honor our parents. And when we do so, then there will be the abundance of life that would generally would come. You have the blessed life. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to name the person because that person is here with us. But, you know, I get encouraged to see this person when he, you know, just really just goes, or just you know takes care of his uh, takes care of his mom, right? At times he would just you know make sure that he, uh, she is taken care of, right? And um, you know that even sometimes just you know really it takes care of his mom, you know just takes her wherever, whatever it is the activities that we have, and all these things. It's a one way to really honor, right? Our parents to respect them. And obey them in the Lord, right? And to really thank them. And also even ask for forgiveness if we are wrong. I have a hard time with that because of my pride at times. Like I have a hard time asking for forgiveness for my, uh, for my mom, right? But asking for forgiveness if we know that we are wrong, right? That is also a way to honor them. These are some, some of these practical ways that we can honor them. But that is the command of God so that we may really, uh, you know, obey, honor God by honoring our parents. So may that be our mindset and, and in the way we would relate to our parents. Let's pray. Let's go before the Lord.